Hello again, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the goddamn podcast. I'm trying to deal with a tangled cord here. There we go. We're fixed. We're back. And, and we're really back. Ladies and gentlemen, we are. We're back. We're, we're in the Toyota Prius recording studio, as usual. I mean, this this studio goes with me where I go. But where we are today is back home. Christ almighty. Jesus in the garden, Lord, help us and save us. We're back home. Back in uh, Toronto, I'm in my parking garage, soon to be gawked at by many a passerby as I scream into this microphone. But it's good to be back. Man! Like, yeah, we were we were away for two weeks. And that doesn't feel like much. But we hit the wall on Friday. It is Sunday right now. And we hit the fucking wall on Friday. We were just like, we're done. We need to be back home. We need to be. And, like, here's the thing. We were staying. The first week we were at a cottage with friends. Uh, long-time listeners to the podcast. They already know this shit. But I, I'll recap. For you sons of bitches who don't listen to every goddamn episode. We uh, we were at a cabin for the first week hanging out with friends. And it was it was it was a good time, you know? Just a bunch of people around the same age with kids in various ages. And our little baby, Sam, he did real well. He did really well with uh, hanging out with, with the other kids. Then we did a week at my brother's place. Now, my brother's house is better than my apartment in every measurable statistic. There is no thing you can measure where his house does not uh, just outshine our, our piece of shit apartment. And it's not a piece of shit apartment, all right? I don't want to paint a bad picture for you out there who don't know about apartment living. We, we're in a big fucking city, all right? We're in Toronto. That's, that's one of the big cities in the world. There's like three big cities, Toronto, New York, and Dubai. I'm, I'm almost positive that those are the only three big cities. No, there's, there's a few big cities, but Toronto's one of them, you know? You know, this is like, uh, be like Paris, big city. You know, London is a big city. Would you like me to list a bunch of big cities? Because I can. I can list upwards of five. Toronto is, it's a large city. So you pay a premium to live here. You know, it's where most of the action in Canada is. Now, rest of you Canadians, don't you get your, your fucking, your long johns in a bunch. All right? You just... Don't freak out and wet your ski pants. We do a lot of winter sports in Canada. Don't get your skates all tied up in a knot. I know there's lots of action that happens outside of Toronto. A lot of Canada hates Toronto because they think Toronto thinks that they're the center of the universe and uh, the rest of Canada doesn't matter. And that's true. That is what a lot of uh, people from Toronto think. And uh, I, I don't take it that far. I mean, look, I'm sure you you live in Calgary, you live in Winnipeg, some shit happens. You live in Vancouver. Vancouver is a whole lifestyle. You know, yeah, you, you probably yeah you, you skateboard, you longboard like the kids are doing. You're out with the longboard, you know, putting one foot on the ground, the other foot on the longboard. That's how you do it, right? And you smoke a reefer. You you smoke that uh, that ganja. 
that you're making cigarettes on your long boards with your stocking hats on, your updated grunge look or whatever the fuck you're doing. And for you people listening in the, that know the United States well, uh, Vancouver's got like a, what I can gather from TV, a Portland vibe. And I say TV because I have never been to Portland. I am just assuming from the show Portlandia and other such things that Vancouver and Portland have a lot in common. And where was I? I'm in a big city, okay? I'm in Toronto, and you to live in an apartment in Toronto, in a good area. You know, you don't, I could get a much cheaper apartment with a neighbor who wants to stab and shoot me. But I, I prefer my neighbors to not uh, attempt murder upon myself or my family or even, even anyone. You know, guys, I'll throw that out there. I don't want anyone getting murdered, okay? But if they are going to get murdered, I don't want to be next to them. I don't want to be in, in a building where people are getting murdered on a consistent basis. So I live in a nice part of Toronto. So that means I have a small apartment that costs a motherfucking fortune. Now, my brother, he lives in uh, Ottawa, in the suburbs outside of Ottawa. So Ottawa is another, it's, it's a good city. People, people like Ottawa, you know. Uh, lots of stuff happens in Ottawa, but it's more it's more of a government town. It's more of a family-oriented thing. There's lots of, uh, you know, suburban areas that have kind of been built by by large companies. So you have a suburbia, you know, that's uh, the cookie-cutter houses, the uh, like that theme song from Weeds. What was that one? It was... Uh, Little boxes on the hillside. Little boxes made of ticket tack. Which is, I, I know, it was a great rendition. It was, maybe that should be my theme song. I don't think I can do that. I don't think you're allowed to use the theme song. I don't get that. Can any of you answer that for me? I hear podcasts and people are just playing fucking music. They're like, hey, here's a little Rolling Stones for you. Boom. I, they are not paying the Rolling Stones. Of that much, I am sure. But they do it, I guess, because podcasts are free. Nobody checks in on it, you know, so you can just say whatever the fuck you want. And you can, uh, you know, you say a bunch of pro-Hitler shit and then play some white stripes, you know. And I am not equating the white stripes with uh, neo-Nazis. Please do not misconstrue. I have no idea about Jack White's uh, political leanings. I, judging by, by the things I've seen and heard from him, he is in no way, shape, or form a neo-Nazi. I'm pretty sure he doesn't like Nazis. Let's just, let's just clear the air on that. Now, I'm in a big city. Okay? Have I established that? At least for you. I'm, trying to, I'm just trying to show you that while my, everything in my brother's life is is a better version of what I have. I would like to justify it somewhat. Okay? Can you let me have that? He lives in the suburbs. And he's got a big-ass house in the suburbs. It's got a pool, all right? And not just a pool. It's a stone backyard. They put down stones. I don't, I don't know. They, 
They made like a fancy backyard. And they also have a stone fireplace and then this giant barbecue, like professional style barbecue. They're just right, coming right out of the stone somehow. There's a little waterfall on the fucking uh, uh, pool, you know. Now, I'm not saying he's like Sultan Rich, you know. He doesn't, he doesn't own, you know, a, a garage for his helicopters. But he's, he's doing pretty good. You know, he's, he's a partner in some accounting firm somewhere. I don't pay much attention. And uh, I am not those things. But I do, but the apartment that, that myself and my wife have, it's, it's expensive. Relative for, if you're talking about something that's like 850 square feet, this is a shit ton of money for that. You know, and uh, like I have friends in Newfoundland. It's an it's a east, east coast part of Canada. Their mortgages are like half of what my rent is. And they have big-ass houses. It's location, location, location. That's what Jesus Christ said, right? On, on, the, on the sermon, on the mount. It's all about location. And uh, I'll say that he's got a fantastic house and... Uh, all the amenities, the accoutrement of a, of a good life, all of them, and we have a a matchbox in the sky in a big apartment building in, in a in a big high rise. But God damn it, it's good to be back. You know, we showed up and the, there's construction still going on next door, so our whole apartment smells weird. I don't know why the construction. On the apartment next door is making our place smell weird, but it, it does smell weird. And it's making me wonder if it's cockroaches. Because here's the thing. We had cockroaches, see, with another. My brother's house generally not infested with cockroaches. Our uh, matchbox in the sky, cockroaches. Not all the time, but, I mean, it's, that's it. When you're in a big city, you got to deal with these fucking bugs. And, I mean, they're everywhere. You know, for all I know, they are in my brother's house. They probably are. It just it's it's not the same level uh, that it is in a, in an apartment building. Cause holy fuck, right? They, it just it went nuts one about five years ago. The cockroaches just went nuts, and so I went on a mission to kill all the cockroaches. And they, um, I was putting down gel and stuff like they came in. Of course, the the management of the building they came in and they. Uh, they fixed it as best they could, but I didn't think that was enough. So I went and I bought some gel online, and I put the gel all around, and it's just I made it a cockroach-free zone. You know, we put all our food in containers. You know, we, we put everything in the fridge. Didn't leave anything out. Now, the cat food has to stay out. She, she eats dry cat food. So there's not much you can do about that. We know the cockroaches are coming in, eating a little cat food every now and, now and then. But also... Also, the cat likes to chase the cockroaches, I would assume, because she likes to chase everything in our apartment. So if a bug comes in, she goes right after that fucking thing. And uh, I hold on. I'm distracted here by my car. My car just booted up. And uh, uh, the Prius, in case you don't know what happens with the Prius, is it runs on a battery. But then when the battery goes low enough, the gas engine kicks in to charge the battery. And that is what's happening. But it sort of feels like the car wants to move. And that's not a good feeling. Because I'm not, I'm not pressing any pedals. And that's normally how a car works. You press the pedals and it goes. But I feel like uh, 
I feel a little uneasy. feel a little uneasy right now. I'm sure it's just charging the battery. There's nothing to worry about, Marky. You'll be fine. You'll be just fine. Speaking of that, you know, we're all worried about uh, the baby. Not worried about the baby. Worried about our- ourselves. The transition from the baby. You know, I'll get into that in a second. What I'm saying is, it's great to be home. In our cockroach-infested small apartment. No, it's not necessarily cockroach-infested. It's just that I read this thing that when the cockroaches... There you go. The car just stopped again. So everything's fine. No need to panic, everybody. Um, that Cockroaches, they, they emit a sweet odor. If the infestation is large enough, there's a sweet odor. And I think when it, five years ago, when we had it, because we were away... See, I know, maybe no coincidence. We were away for two weeks. We almost three weeks. We were, uh, I was visiting Sarah's family in the Ivory Coast, the Cote d'Ivoire, the West Coast of Africa. I'm a world traveler, everybody. I go to Ottawa. I go to the Ivory Coast. I go to other places in Ontario. So I'm very worldly. So when we came back from the Ivory Coast trip, then there was this weird kind of sweet smell in the apartment. And after, now maybe it's just because I read that fucking thing, but I think that's what it was. And now we're going, it's not the same smell, so I don't think it's that. I believe it's, it's also probably the cat litter because my, my landlord, not landlord, the, the building manager, he volunteered to take care of the cat for a week when we were gone. Just, and then my buddy took over the next week. Um, uh, hilarious comedian Daryl Purvis took care of the cat the second week. But our building manager, Kevin, which is also the same name as my brother, Kevin. So if I start talking about a lot of Kevins in this episode, try to keep up, okay? Kevin, the super of our apartment, he's a fucking champ. I'm not going to make a joke about how he's a super superintendent because that's stupid. And I'm not stupid, okay? I'm a little stupid. But he took care of this cat for uh, a week, and then he thought he, he likes to put fresh litter in every day. We don't fucking do that. We don't put fresh litter in every day. What? What is this cat, the Queen of England? We're giving her fresh litter every day. Come on now. But that's what he does. So he went and bought litter. So now the litter in her litter box is totally different. Which I was a little, you know, luckily it's worked out. But sometimes you change that litter on a cat, they'll just shit all over the floor. They'll be like, I don't like this brand, fuck face. And they will just shit right on the floor, right in front of you. They'll, be, they'll make eye contact with you. You know, my son does that too. Today, he was screaming in the car. And my voice just cracked. I'm 13 years old. And um, he was screaming in the car. And he was making this face. So my wife's like, I think he needs to take a dump. But he can't do it because he's in a car seat and he's sitting on his asshole. And uh, my wife's like, why can't he take a dump? And I said, well, he's, he's, he's just he's sitting on it. That's hard to do, you know. And I said, it would be like if someone shoved a cork up your ass and then told you to shit. That's going to be hard to do. You know, she doesn't understand it. But I was trying to say, yeah, but you don't shit in your pants. You shit on a toilet. And there's air between your ass and the water, you know. This baby has got a diaper on and he's got a hard car seat like pressed right up against his little oil ring there. So, 
yeah, you can't squeeze that out. I'm sure that that's difficult. So what we did is we stopped the car. We got out at a rest stop. We put down a little uh, picnic blanket. And uh, literally five seconds after we put him down on the blanket, he just locked eyes with some stranger who was also in that little grassy area. And he just let her rip. It's just once in a while you feel like a good parent, you know? Here he is. He's like, ah, he's making a face and struggling. We immediately assess this child is trying to take a momentous shit. It's, it's clear to us. I, I, I say the whole thing about the cork up the asshole. I'm sympathizing. I say we got to pull off as soon as we can. We pull off, put him on a blanket. He looks at us to say, guys, you fucking nailed it. You nailed this one because I got to take a gargantuan dump. And then he did. It was massive. Oh, and the rest of the car ride home. He was he was an angel. Cause uh, the relief. He's just he was just sitting in the back seat. You could see on his face. He's like, I can't believe how good I feel now that the largest lump of human excrement of all time is out of my colon. Now that being said, I'm gonna get back to the fact. That it is good to be home. It's just something about it. I don't know what it is. Like, you know, it's just your own bed, your own. You should have seen this fucking kid freak out when he saw his shit. Like his regular toys. We took a pile of toys with him, most of his favorite stuff. But just seeing the other stuff and the cat he just lost his mind. He was It was the happiest we've ever seen him. And that, that makes me feel good, you know, because what if he had come home and he just started bawling, you know, like, whoa, where the fuck do we live? We were just at a place with a pool and a bunch of other children. You take me back to this hell hole. But he didn't do that. You know, he made us feel good about our life choices. He's like, yeah, I love it here, guys. I love it here. Do you guys love it here? We're like, yeah, we love it here. And he's like, yeah, me too. And we ate spaghetti. You know, you just, you know where all your dishes are. You know, you know where all the shit is in the fridge. Just the little things, man. And that's what I'm saying to you out there. You're thinking you need some kind of giant fucking house and you need all this other shit. And I'm not saying some of it isn't nice. Some of it's nice. But... It's really, it's just the concept of having a place. I'm wondering how small a place would be before you're like, okay, this is no good. Like, I'm, like I don't think I could live in the, in the Toyota Prius recording studio. I'm pretty sure that's, that's taking it too far. But the place we're in, two bedrooms, like 850 square feet, it honestly feels like, like we've lived there for like six years now. And I just, I, I never feel like leaving. Like, even even if this Toronto real estate market crashes, and it might, you know, like, I'll, we'll probably buy something because, you know, you can't, the, the Toronto real estate market crashed in 90, like 1991, something like that, and houses went for like 50% of their value. They didn't recover for like 20 years. And like, you know, like crashes do. Like, like all the rest of the world has gone through except Canada right now. So a crash may be coming. And if it does, you got to capitalize. You got to scoop up something. 
You know, we've we've been diligent. We haven't wasted money. We've been saving money. You know, and by we, I mean my wife, because I'm a fucking comedian. What do you think I got? You think I got savings? You crazy sons of bitches. Why would I have savings? For fuck's sake. I wouldn't even have this car if it wasn't for my wife and her ability to save money and make money. Like, don't get me wrong, guys. Much like I justified where we lived versus my brother, now I'm going to justify myself versus my wife. Okay? I'm not saying that things would be better without her. Of course I'm not saying that. We're in love, guys. We have a child. Okay? No, but I'm saying, okay, uh, let's say we weren't in love. And let's say we had no child. You know, things would still be better, you know, with Sarah. But I'm just telling you, and I'm telling you this for a fact, that uh, I can have this type of lifestyle on my own. You know, yes, it would be with a roommate. But that I've done it before. And I can do it again. I lived in this exact building uh, about, what, 12 years ago? Myself and my friend Dennis moved from Newfoundland, and I got a job for a while at Staples at their head office in, close to, I don't know, somewhere in somewhere close to Toronto. And then I quit that job and became a stand-up comic, and I lived for another year with him. And I'm paying my share, you know? So I'm, I could do it, guys. And yes, you should be impressed, even though I'm 39 years old and there's nothing impressive about paying half the rent on an apartment. But what I'm telling you is, I don't need my wife. I want my wife. There's a big difference, guys. Okay? I know some of you out there are saying... Mark, you'd be dead in a ditch without your wife. Maybe. Maybe. But I can do it. I can get by. I can scrape by in society. But I will say, on a serious note, guys, so serious, is that things are much better with the wife. And it's it's not because of, uh, you know, finances and all that shit. It's, it's more because you're an adult now. Like, if, if she wasn't in the picture, I guarantee you I would still be living exactly like I was 24 years old. Guarantee to you. There would be, there'd be no reason to change. Why would I? I'm, I'd be living with boy roommates, and we'd be drinking beer and, uh, and watching hockey and, and playing darts, probably. Which sounds really fun right now. Now that I say it out loud. But, um... No, we're adults now. And there's something good about that. It's just I was listening to a bunch of kids. They moved over from Ottawa. The Ottawa comedy scene. They moved over. And they moved into this house by themselves. And they were just fucking the shit that they were talking about. Oh, my God. Like, they're talking about that the bathtub has mold on it. And, and like, they're laughing about what, what kind of bacterial cultures were in their bathtub. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. And all they do is just they smoke weed all day. Then they wake up and they smoke more weed. And no one ever cleans the place. And it's just, I was like, I don't want that. You know? I know I'd be that. 
without my wife. Maybe not as bad as those kids, but, you know, I'd still be just a dude eating pizza every second night and, you know, going to get in Subway the other night. But we're adults now, and it's a better way to live. But I will say with the dartboard, here's the thing. At, at the cottage we stayed at, they had a games room. They had a ping pong table and a pool table and a dartboard. And that sounds amazing. The only problem was that everything about this cottage we stayed at was just a little bit, eh. You know, we paid like 2500 bucks for the week. So obviously that's a nice bit of money. And um, when we saw the pictures, I was like, hey, pool table and all that. But it was a kid's pool table. It wasn't a real one. And the dartboard wasn't it was magnets it didn't have actual darts and uh now we had kids so that probably worked out for the best but it's still you know and then the kids pool table like the the ping pong table was lopsided but we managed to prop it up so that worked pretty well and at first we were griping about it because you know you know like you do you gripe about shit because what are you what are you going to talk about how everything's roses all the time come on who fucking wants who wants to do that Hey, complaining. Complaining is the spice of life. Everyone, everyone loves a good complain. So we were bitching about the pool table and the dart table. Now, I will not take back the dart table, the dart board. I will not take back what I say about the dart board. That was a fucking ripoff. That was a piece of shit. At least get the Velcro ones or something. Those magnets, don't, they didn't even stick. It was just shit. You know, and it would have been nice to have a dart board. And, um, but the little kid's pool table, me and my friend Steve, we just played a marathon. We played like 25 games of pool in a row while everybody else sat around talking. I mean, we were next to them, so we were participating in the talk. And, um, and I came up with a stand-up joke, I think, a bit. I don't know. I've, I've heard, I, I feel like, you know, when you come up with a good bit, sometimes it feels like, did someone else do this and I'm remembering what they did? Or is this just a good bit? Because it has that, when you, when you think of a good bit and it, it works, you think, it's just, it was like, ah, that's too easy. How did I do it? How did I do it, I say? Like, it's a fucking magic trick. It's a shitty bit about porn. Like, a lot of my bits about porn. And, you know, my wife, as soon as I said it, everyone laughed. And I was like, hey, that's a good bit. I should write that down. My wife's like, I thought you were kind of trying to move away from that stuff. Which made me, at the same time, go, hey, who the fuck are you? And B, yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? You can't just do constant bits about porn. But I don't know. Comedy is, I suppose. Sometimes I put a comedy on a pedestal like it's too hard or it has to be too highbrow. You just got to make a bunch of strangers laugh. And porn, you know, stuff about porn is often funny. What are you going to do? You know, my brother, my brother's always said nothing like a good fart joke. And he said it again this weekend. That's a 43-year-old man. He's right. He's right, too. And you know what? I almost forgot. I almost forgot to say this. My brother loves that country music shit. He plays it the whole fucking time. Long-time listeners of the podcast may know that I went on a tirade about country music. New country. This fucking Blake Shelton shit. And all that Luke Bryant and all that other bull fucking shit where everyone sounds like they're just doing an imitation of a country artist. And instead of people laughing at the joke, they're going, hey, that's a great song. You know, but 
My brother, very, I, I was shocked. He just said a simple thing. And it turned my head around about country music. Now, I still don't like it. To me, it sounds like someone is kicking me in my ears. But um, what he said was, you know, at least, at least I can turn it on with the kids around. And I'm like, oh, right. Because I have to think about that type of shit now. You know, like I love, you know, Rage Against the Machine and Corn uh, and, um, you know, fucking uh, System of a Down. But uh, those, those, those are things that kids shouldn't be listening to. There's a lot of swear words in them. You know, a lot of harsh topics. And my brother can blast country music at 2 p.m. in the afternoon and it doesn't fucking matter. You know, it's family music. And I went, oh, Christ, that's how they do it. That's how they get you. You know, what else What else can you think of that, you know, kids are not going to listen to classical music, obviously. They're not going to, they're going to be like, Dad, you're torturing me. You know, you can't be playing fucking Brahms and Chopin. You can't play the, the fucking, what's it called? I'm trying to think of that Glenn Gould one. The, the. The Goldberg Variations, you know, by Bach. Because I know classical music. Guys, do you hear how smart I am? Holy shit, right? I'm naming classical music? Holy fuck this guy. No, but, like, you can't, you can't, like, kids are going to complain. They're going to complain about that shit, you know, and uh, you can't play rap with the fuck this and the fuck that, and I shot that motherfucker, etc., etc., Right. And you can't uh, can't play the heavy metal, which is is a a favorite of mine. So you're left with pop. And now my brother, he does not like the new pop. And I can't blame him. I can't blame him. You know, what are you turning on fucking Justin Bieber and Katy Perry all the time? I don't even know if they're current pop. I don't even know. Maybe they're maybe they're oldies at this point. They're on the oldies classical station. Hey, this one goes way back. This one is 2016. What do you mean by Justin Bieber? I I think that's one of his songs. What do you mean? So the country music, as a family-oriented music, I fucking, I gotta give it to him. That's right. That is so, since he kind of digs the music, and it's something he can play all the time with no fear that his kids are going to go to school and say, I just shot you, motherfucker. You know? He actually told me that he originally turned to country music because he hated Drake so much. Now, do you hear that? Drake is so bad that he is making people listen to other bad music that is just not as bad. And that is now their new favorite type of music. Because this thing, he said, Drake is all over the airwaves, all over the... I don't want to listen to that shit. So I started listening to country. And he likes that they talk about things he likes. He likes beer. He likes, I don't know, the bayou. Whatever else country people like. Hats. My brother has no problem with hats. And he said he likes that they tell stories. You know, and they're just, they're sipping their beers and their lives are simple. And I get it. 
That's a nice, I mean, look, I can't do that. I've opened the Pandora's box of life. I can't just stuff that shit back in and go, life is simple. It's about having a Miller Lite and kicking your feet back and watching the football game. I mean, I do do all those things, except the Miller Lite. Come on, guys, I, I drink imported beer. What am I, a fucking savage? No. So I do those things, but I still don't feel like life is just those things, that it's just simple. Guys, I, I visited the Ivory Coast. I mean, do I have to remind you? How worldly I am. I know the world's problems, okay? I can't just pretend I don't. I can't just kick back and listen to Keith something or other, Toby Keith, and say, America, America's great. I love guns and I hate everybody who doesn't love guns. And I'm just putting words in his mouth, but I'm pretty sure that's his MO. I'm pretty sure that's his whole metaphysics Right there. The old Toby Keith metaphysics is I hate everyone who don't love guns. Holy fuck, is that not the best country song that has not yet been written? I hate everyone who don't love guns. I'm writing that fucking thing. And I'm going to write it and I'm going to make it as... I'm going to make it as jokey as possible, but I'm going to release it like it's serious and I bet it hits number one. I mean, it hits number fucking one, and I got to move to Nashville. You know, though, Nashville, I was watching those guys uh, at the, because Nashville were in the, in the finals against my Pittsburgh Penguins, who, of course, beat them, because, come on, guys, you think you're going to beat Sidney Crosby, you bunch of country bumpkins? But Nashville's got uh, good music, too. I mean, like I said, I am not shitting on good country. There's good country out there, and I'm not, well, I'm not into the music enough to be able to sift across the the Keith Urbans and um, Toby Keith. Is everyone named Keith? They, I think they are. And so, like, I, you, I, I never get, you can't get past the Shania Twain, Brooks and Dunn poppy shit. I'm sure there's good ones out there. But, uh, like, the old, the, old, the old guys, of course. You know, I mentioned them before. You're, you're Johnny Cash's, you're Willie Nelson's, you know. You're, uh, these, these guys are fucking, uh, they're killer. And in Nashville, Nashville has a lot of, of blues as well. They got a lot of blues and a lot of jazz, man. So yeah, I, I think I actually might want to visit Nashville. And hey, I'm fucking, I'm white. I'm as white as the, the driven snow. Is that is that the phrase? Driven snow? I think so. But um, so what I'm saying is, and I'm not, I'm not saying if you're black and you go to Nashville, you're going to have problems. I'm not sure. I've never been, I just know I won't have problems, you know? I, you can put me anywhere. Put me anywhere in North America and most of Europe. And people are going to be like, hey, buddy, how you doing? What's going on? They'll say. They won't say, hey, you're stealing. That's, it's unfortunate that that's how uh, some people are treated. But fortunately for me, I'm treated quite well wherever I go. Now, I'll say to you as a man of the world, ladies, I visited the Ivory Coast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm a man of the world. I'm going to say this. I'm going to put it out there. I think everyone should be treated equally, but not equally badly. You know, I, I, I find that people don't throw that caveat in enough. They say, I want equality for all. 
But I'm what they should be saying is I want everyone to have white people equality because I don't want to give that shit up, you know, and I don't think I should. I think that everybody else should be bumped up to uh, Mark Bennett's status. That when you go places, people are just like, hey, like, I'm not saying I'm treated like gold. You know, I don't want I don't want the people out there who are not white to be listening and think and think that I'm getting favors when I go places that people are just handing me cash. The people just honestly don't give a shit that I'm there. And that's all you can ask. Now I show up. I'm like, hey, I'm at this restaurant. And people are like, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. That's that's what everybody's looking for. Just to sit down at a restaurant and some dickhead waiter go, hey, what do you want? You know, as opposed to you can't come in here or, you know, do, you know what I'm saying? Everyone should be treated like white people, which is to say no one should give a shit about you. Because that's, that's the thing. I think it was an Eddie Murphy um, sketch on Saturday Night Live where he uh, dressed up as a white person and he went into the world and he was he was given all these favors like a... Uh, Soon as all the black people would leave the convenience store, the guy like Eddie Murphy had his groceries, and the guy was like, "Yeah, just take them, man. There's there's no one else here. Just just walk, go, take them." And it's very funny, but I don't want people to think that that's the case. What is the case is that you're just allowed to go wherever you want. No one gives a shit. Let's have that for everyone, ladies and gentlemen. Let's have it for everyone. But the country music, look at that. My brother, who I was starting to I was starting to wonder a little bit about him. You know, he's got that big house. You know, he's an, he's, a, he's an accountant, so he doesn't like sometimes the liberal values where they're trying to disperse the wealth and they're trying to tax the wealthy companies and and he but he works with the wealthy companies and and he sees that sometimes when you tax these companies, they can't compete anymore and they go under and things go bad and they're friends of his and clients of his and he's doing his best as the accountant to try to to try to work the system so that they can continue to survive and he doesn't like some of the tax uh, increases that are happening and like but but from the outside, from a guy like me, a stand-up comic who don't give a flying fuck about businesses or the corporations. Like that's oh, that South Park movie wasn't the South Park, but Trey Parker and Matt Stone they did that puppet movie, Team America. That was what it was, where uh, where uh, they had Tim Robbins as a puppet going, "Oh, you're the corporations in their towers being all corporationy," and yeah, I don't really know a lot about globalization. I know you guys think it. Mark, you must. And sure, I know a bit. I probably know more than most people. But I don't know a lot. And uh, so when I hear, you know, hey, we're going to make things a little more, a little more communist, you know, a little more socialist. We're going to give more money into programs and poor people will get more benefits and uh, things will be a bit easier for the lower classes and the middle class. And to me, that all sounds great. You know, but I don't, I don't fucking know. It's not like I really know. You know, I'm like, oh, trickle down economics. Fuck you. 
You think what are you? You think you're the king of Spain? But I don't know. Maybe trickle down economics works. I'm pretty sure it doesn't. But it's not like if I was tested on it, if I was grilled on it, why doesn't it work? I'd I'd make some shit up, but I don't know. I just I have read things that other people have said where they say trickle down economics doesn't work. You know, I saw Alan Greenspan be grilled by the Senate or some shit. And they were like, what are you doing? He's like, I do Ayn Rand. And uh, it turns out Ayn Rand doesn't know what, what the fuck she's talking about. So when I hear that type of talk from my brother, who is, you know, he's one of the upper, you know, upper 1%. I don't know what you fucking, I don't know. He's, he's, got, he's got a pool, for fuck's sake, all right? He's got a pool in Ottawa, Canada. He's obviously doing pretty good. Pretty well, to be grammatically correct. And um, I'm mean, listening to him say these types of things, which don't jive so much with my uh, my left-leaning, liber, liber, you know, liberal bullshit. And then he's talking about country music. Now he loves the country. And I'm like, what? What's happening here? What are you? What are you turning into here? What's happening? But then you listen to it, and you're like, yeah, you're right. You couldn't, uh, you can play that shit with your family around. And it is upbeat, and it's kind of cute, and some, there's a song that'll give you a smile and a chuckle. My favorite, my brother's favorite song, Her Lips Taste Like Sangria. I'm not fucking kidding you. That's his favorite song. It's a real song. But it is, it's, it's not like the guy's dead serious. He's kind of tongue-in-cheek, you know? And you can get a little chuckle out of it if you just let, let it go. You know, and I'm sure I'm sure that he's right about some of the stuff in terms of some businesses are going to leave Canada if they're taxed too much or some of them are not going to survive and et cetera, et cetera. I don't know the ins and outs. And this is, and see, do you hear that, ladies and gentlemen? Do you hear the empathy I have? I am understanding his side of it. Instead of going, my brother's turning into a fucking monster, I go, wait a second. He's not a monster. I know who he is. He's a good guy. So why does he like this shit? And why is he saying these things? And I'm listening. Now, I don't, don't get me wrong. I don't think he's right about everything. I don't, I also, uh, it's not like now I'm like, yeah, well, fucking, let's give the rich tax breaks and et cetera. But because I'm listening, we're having, we're having an open dialogue. And what I'm telling you, everyone, as a man of the world, that's how you come to common ground. You know, he started realizing, yeah, Mark is sort of, he's sort of coming around to this country thing. So we, we get into it a little bit more. We start talking about it. And he's saying, oh, this guy's really good at playing guitar. And he's, he plays these great little licks. And I'm listening to it. And I'm like, yeah, actually, you know what? That guy's pretty good. You know, I still still not my favorite type of thing. But but that's it. You open up the dialogue. You know? And uh, with, the, with the tax cut stuff, you know, I don't know about that. We didn't really get into that. But, you know, baby steps, everybody. Baby steps. The point is, guys, it's great to be home. It Home is where the heart is. I saw that on a pillow once, and that is the fucking truth. 
Like we just, we breathed a big sigh of relief when we got in finally. Like my wife was as crooked as sin driving here uh, today. And crooked is a, is a word we use at the East Coast of Canada. And it means uh, cranky, but it means more than cranky. It's a certain type of cranky, and it can only be described with the word crooked. Uh, you're just in a foul mood on purpose. You're cranky by decision. And uh, that's what she was today. And she just she admitted it. When we got home, she was like, we just stayed a couple days too long. I uh, wouldn't have been so cranky when we uh, when were driving home if I hadn't felt so flustered. I was like, yeah, I know. We were we overstayed just a little bit. But it does make you appreciate coming back. I tell you what, and the little youngster, he's fucking loving it up there. And I better get back. I'm now that I'm home, you know. I'll uh we're going to watch maybe we're going to watch Wonder Woman. I might watch Wonder Woman tonight. I don't know. You know? I might uh go on the old internet there. And watch it if it's available. Is uh, is Wonder Woman out yet? On in you know DVD. If it's not, and I and I and I have to get procure it illegally, I will not do that. All right, everybody. The NSA and the CIA and whoever else is listening, I will not stream Wonder Woman illegally. Do you hear me? But I will go upstairs and watch something. You know. This has been a fun podcast, everybody. You want to know why? Because I'm back. Back in the parking garage. I'm back in my comfort zone. I Can you feel it? Because I can feel it. Oh, it's great. You know what? I'm, I had such a good time. I'm going to try to do another podcast. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. But a couple of my podcast listeners have said to me, Hey, I've caught up on all your podcasts. I've listened to every single one. You know, what do I do now? I need some more. And I've been I've been slowing down to about one a week, maybe. Maybe it's time to pump up the volume. You know, we're back home. We're having fun. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for listening. This is Mark Joseph Bennett, man of the world and a man who's home. I said shut up and good night. <laughs>